Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. Delighted to be with you again. Some of you have been writing to us from Greece and from Kazakhstan and uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, we're sure delighted to hear from you and hope that more of you will correspond with us. We'd love to know where all we're beaming down out there, so it should be a good thing to hear from you. Today in our session, we want to go on in with what we've been working on, which is introducing to you what God has done in this uh, generation. And we know that many of you who are attending churches out there know that things have changed, where you had a standard of holiness per chance, or maybe certain standards as to who would qualify to be a minister in your church or a deacon in your church, and now those standards are being dropped. And some of you are wondering what on earth is going on. I can tell you what's going on. Amos said that, Behold, in the last days, Amos 8, 8, 11, saith the Lord that I will send a famine in the land, not for famine of bread nor thirst for water, but for the hearing of the word of God. And so, friends, we're in that day. Many of the churches are preaching psychology, they're preaching uh, man's opinions, but so few are preaching the Word of God. And we're praying with all of our hearts that this, this session, that these sessions that we have you is pure Word of God. This is our uh, third program on this same topic that we're sharing with you. And we're, we've been sharing clips of the ministry of William Branham. As far as we know, there's only been two films ever, ever made of that ministry. One of them was filmed in Washington, D.C., and the other one with a, in Chicago with the brief introduction at Brother Branham's own home in Indiana. Of, of audio tapes, there's over 1,100, but of, of video or movies as it would have been in his days, as far as we know, there's only two. So we're showing clips out of those. And the purpose of the sharing with you is to show you that God has thoroughly vindicated, God has thoroughly vindicated these, that he's with this man in this ministry. Pictures were taken many times of the pillar of fire of God with, with his prophet. And Brother Branham would testify that the angel of the Lord has now come to the platform, is here. And he says, friends, I can't do these things. And he would demonstrate that it was far beyond what any man could do. It was the presence of the angel of the Lord, Christ, anointing a man. And we're not here to exalt a man nor cause you to follow a man. Many people think that's what we're trying to do. Not at all. It's trying to show you that scripture for, that's been promised for these days, just before the coming of the Lord, a message from God to prepare a people for this great event, the coming of the Lord. And so this ministry just absolutely, friends, stepped right out of the pages of the Bible. Now, when Jesus came, he was the word made manifest in its fullness. And so he referred to himself as son of man. And so through the ages, we've had... Uh, both in the Old Testament and the New, we've had Christ in measure through the prophets, through Moses, and we can even look at their lives and what they did, and we can see that what they did was actually a measure of Christ, for the man themselves couldn't do that or couldn't prophesy that or couldn't perform those miracles. But it wasn't until Jesus of Nazareth that this Logos, this Christ, came into the fullness, and when he did that, he referred to himself as Son of Man. Matthew 12, 8 says, for the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, 
whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? In Matthew 20, 18, it says, The Son of Man shall be betrayed uh, under the chief priests and under the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. So Jesus referring to himself as Son of Man. In fact, he does that over 80 times in the New Testament, calls himself Son of Man. And Scripture is very, very precise. God has watched over his word. And when we watch closely, we'll see that this Son of Man will come again in flesh in, to Israel. Revelations 1.7 says that every eye shall see him. But that's not the way he comes to the Gentiles. It's a, a little different because it, God deals with them separately. To the Gentiles, Luke 17.30 says that as it was in the days of Lot, they, they, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire down from heaven, destroyed them all, and even thus shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, that's significant. Put it all together now in your thinking. There's going to be a day when the Son of Man, that's the word declared in its fullness again, is going to be declared, and they compared it to the days of Lot. Now, Lot lived in Sodom, and Sodom was destroyed by fire. It was a Gentile city, but it was destroyed by fire. Now, Peter writes about the destruction that's coming on the world in chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. It says, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, that was back at the time of Noah, but the heavens and earth which are now by the same word kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of the judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So the judgment that's coming on the earth next is just like it was on Sodom. So God is comparing the times. So this term, son of man, God, God addressed Ezekiel 93 times as son of man and Isaiah once as son of man. So that term is applied to a prophet. And remember Moses had said, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet likened unto me. So Jesus came fulfilling those scriptures, but we could call him the God prophet, because God was declaring himself through that, through that vessel, yet he came as a prophet to fulfill, fulfill scripture. And the apostle Peter told the people that Jesus was that prophet that Moses had promised in Acts 3, 3.22. So you can read that in, in your scriptures. Now, therefore, if this son of man is to be revealed in the last days, It'll take a prophet to do it because that's what God calls Son of Man, a prophet. So now this ties again back to Malachi 4, which we've talked to you about many times, which was partially fulfilled in the ministry of John the Baptist at the first coming of Christ. But now the second portion has to be fulfilled just before the second coming of Christ. He says he'll send Elijah just before the, that coming of that dreadful day in the Lord. Let me just read it to you in Scripture. You can see it there on the screen, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of that great, and excuse me, that coming of that dreadful day of the Lord. Now the day of the Lord, that's the day when God's wrath is going to be poured out on a God-rejecting world. And we know it best as the great tribulation which will end in the battle of Armageddon. So before that day comes, God says, I'll send you Elijah. So the world is setting now, friends, in the exact scriptural pattern for Christ to return to the Gentiles. The morals of the nations are back to that of 
Sodom again. Uh, Israel is back in her homeland in preparation for the Messiah to come to then. But that won't happen until the work is finished with the Gentiles. Then Paul said Israel would be blind to Jesus being the Messiah until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. That's Romans 11, 11 25. So we see God has to fulfill Scripture in this last day by sending a prophet just as the Bible promised would happen and God's Word cannot fail. Now let's just show you a clip of this revealing of the Son of Man and I'll tell you after the clip why I say this is that revealing. Watch this. You have a rupture, don't you, sir, sitting out there. Isn't that right? You were sitting there praying, Lord, have that man speak to me. Is that right? If that's right, raise up your hand. Stand up on your feet. Your faith has healed you, brother. Go home. Jesus Christ makes you well. The same Lord Jesus. You don't need to be up here. You need to have faith. Just believe God with all your heart, and you shall have what you ask for. Jesus Christ will grant it to you if you will only believe. But you must have faith. You must believe him with all your heart, and God will bring it to pass. When Jesus manifested this same sign in Luke chapter 4, he was talking to a woman at the well, revealing her sinful life. And she says, we know that when Messiah comes, he will do these things. And Jesus said, I am he that speaks to you. So this is, could be called the sign of the Messiah. When Jesus told Nathanael in John chapter 1, verses 48 and 49, who Nathanael was and when he saw him under the tree, and then Nathanael declared, Thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. And so there's a sign that's being manifested here that, that, that shows us in Scripture a pattern that this is a revelation of the Messiah himself. When, and then we'll go back later to a place in the Old Testament where God did this very same thing in the presence of Abraham. This is a sign, friends, that is not to be just ignored. And I'll tell you more about that. But if the Son of Man is to be revealed again today, this time to the Gentiles, wouldn't he do the same sign that caused the Jews to recognize him? Certainly he would. Let's show you another clip. You believe with all your heart? You do. Now you're just a bit excited because of the presence of his being standing here. And um, I believe you're from out of town. You come from a capital too, Richmond, Virginia. You have a cancer. It's in your inside of your mouth on your jaw. Is that right? You want to go home and be well? Accept Jesus as your healer. And in the name of Jesus Christ, may it leave the man. Go away from him. God bless you, sir. Go believing, having faith with all. What a dynamic presentation from God. Once he sets a pattern like this, it's for us to learn from the scripture. Now let me take you back to the scripture we read in Luke 17, 30. As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be. And so now we go back into Genesis 18 and we can read the story about the days of Lot. So let's read it together now. Genesis 18, 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in a tent door in the heat of the days. 
And he, Abraham, lifted up his eyes and looked in, uh, to three men that stood beside him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. Now notice, God in flesh. If you, in a King James Bible, that word Lord is spelled all capitals. That means Jehovah God himself. So God in flesh, in the flesh of a man, plus two angels. And so that's going to be a repeat in the last days because he said, as it was in the days of Lot. And so two messengers go down into Sodom to work with Lot and deliver him from the com coming judgment. Now, Lot was a believer. The Bible said that the sins of the city vexed his righteous soul. So he was one level of believer, we'll, we'll call it that. But Abraham was also a believer, but he was the one with the promise. And he had his eyes on fulfilled scripture. He was waiting for the long-awaited promised son. And some Christians today are looking for that promised son. I am. I hope, I hope you are the, the return of the Lord Jesus. So now pay attention. This is the sign that God said to watch for as it was in the days of Lot. So now Lot had his warning sign, which was the two messengers, something like a modern day uh, Billy Graham and Oral Roberts today that are, that are known all over the world. But Abraham had another sign. It was God visiting Abraham, the, the elect one, the one who was living the separated life, things separated from the world, yet in the flesh of a man, and then confirmed to him that the promised son was soon to come. That's the very same meaning of this ministry today, that as it was in the days of Lot, God appears again, demonstrating that it's God, this discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart, to let you know that this promised son, Jesus Christ, is about to come. Now, in the story of, of Abraham, when Sarah heard what God said, that she was going to have a child, Genesis 18, 12, and then, then she, she laughed within herself. And then verse 13, And the Lord said unto him, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old is anything too hard for God? At, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a child. And no, notice now, she laughed within herself, but the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God, in the tent behind him, picked up on what Sarah was thinking and faced her with her doubt within her heart. And so there was our discernment back in the Old Testament. We've seen it now in the New Testament, and it's promised to come again. So the King James Bible in each verse spells Lord with all capitals. This means in the original uh, Hebrew, the word is uh, Jehovah himself, the existing one. I hope you can see what we're talking about. The elect of God, the called out, the ones expecting the promised son, have, can expect a visitation from God manifested in the flesh. Uh, in this age, it was God manifested through flesh. We're not trying to make William Branham God, but the manifestation was God. Now, the people of Sodom, they knew nothing about this visitation that was going out on the plains of Mamre. Remember, remember now, angels are messengers. Whether they're human or supernatural, the same word angel is used. It's merely a messenger from God. So the word of the Lord is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. 412, the final sign before the uh, coming promised son was this discernment. The same sign given to the woman at the well in Luke 4 and to Nathaniel, as we read already, is to be given again as the sign of the resurrected Jesus Christ is here and about to come again for a meeting in the air. Now notice in this next clip, 
a prophet sees what other people cannot see. My, what a faith bank in the building. It looks like real milky out over the building. You are certainly in the spirit of the Lord now. Anything could happen. Oh, a prophet with those eagle eyes looking into a realm that we can't see into, watching other dimensions that are already present right here with us, but we can't see them. Now, this may be going a little deep for some of you that don't know the Bible, but we recall that one of the faces of the cherubim is an eagle. Each face of the cherubim, lion, ox, man, eagle, sim uh, symbolizes something about the nature of Christ in various ages. Revelations 4, 7 says, And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, third beast face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And then when we jump over into the opening of, this, of the seals in chapter 6, verse 7, and it says, And when he had opened the fourth seal, now of course this is significant, but we don't have time to go in it because this is the, the final, final seal to the church ages, and then it goes into something else beyond that, but you can write to us about that. We'll be glad to share it with you. So in Revelation 6, 7, And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed him. And we, if, you, if we can follow the pattern, when the beast came forward, the lion and the ox and the man, they never described who the rider was. It just said, it went forth a rider. But when, when the eagle comes on the scene and the pale horse rides, the eagle, the prophet, he can tell you who was sitting on that horse. It's death and hell follows him. So an eagle flying high, seeing afar off, a perfect type of God's prophets. And of the four faces of the cherubim, the final is an eagle, the prophet of God. Let's say thanks be to God. Amen. I'm trust that God is blessing you all out there now to where you can't disbelieve any longer. It would be a, a, a sin for you to disbelieve now. After God has sent his son and has performed this thing that he speaks of now and has done all these signs and you have sent his Bible, sent his preachers, sent his gifts, and you still disbelieve him, there's nothing left for you but to be condemned at the end. Is that right? Oh my, what God has sent to this generation. How can a man make such a statement as that? It would be a sin for you to disbelieve now. But he knew full well it was not him doing these things. It was Jesus Christ working through a member of the body of Christ on earth. Now, when he was here on earth the first time, Jesus warned in Matthew 12, 32, and whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now, that's a dynamic statement. That's what the scripture also called in another place, blaspheming the Holy Ghost. To speak against the powers of the Holy Ghost is to attribute that manifestation to some other power. And so when we see a manifestation like this and somebody says, that's the devil, they've just stepped over a line because that's the Holy Ghost declaring himself in this generation. You may recall the story of when the woman with the blood issue touched the hem of Jesus' garment to receive 
receive her healing. You can read that in Luke 8, uh, verses 43 to 48. Jesus said, I perceive virtue has gone from me. That strength or power uh, has gone from him. And it left him as the faith of the woman pulled that healing right out of him. I want you to watch the actions now of Brother Branham here in this next, uh, these next few clips. And you'll see how he's also weakening under the influence of the pulls of faith of the people. Notice how the prophet begins to weaken, uh, show his weakness, staggering, rubbing his face. How do you do, lady? Do you believe me to be God's prophet? It's, I mean, well, a prophet is a preacher. You don't expect me to be of the enemy. You expect me to be of God. Is that the way you accept it? Well, then I can help you. For he told me if I would get the people to believe me and be sincere when I prayed, that nothing would stand before the prayer. And now it isn't uh, I that helps, it's God that does the healing. I questioned, I said, they won't believe me. He said, there'll be two signs given to you, as was to the prophet Moses. In this, the people will believe. And one of them was to reveal the secrets of the hearts of the people to them. Now, you're not here for yourself, although you're nervous and run down, but it's been caused by a disease of this child. This child here is suffering. It's been turned down by the doctors to die. It's leukemia. Isn't that right? You brought the child from out of town. You've traveled, coming from the west, coming east, you have come. You've come from a, a state that has mountains. It's Pennsylvania. And your city, I believe it's Chambersburg, isn't that right? Bring the child to me. Little sister dear, the Lord Jesus was here. He'd lay his hands up on you, and death would leave you, and you'd live. Do you believe that I am his servant? Then in his stead, I lay my hands on this child and bless it, and ask that the demon leaves the child and that life comes to the child and it will live and be well. Come out of the child, Satan, by the authority of God's Bible with the divine gift ministered by an angel, I adjure thee to leave the child. Come from me. You need your demon to get well. God bless you. Turn around, wave to the audience. God bless you, the little girl with tremendous faith. Beware. God bless you. What is this, friends? It's a manifestation of the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. Not Jesus of Nazareth. It's the Word. The seed Word is coming back to fullness of maturity again. Let's look at another clip so that you can see again what God is doing in this generation. Do you believe me as his prophet? As his servant? Do you believe that God is near in his spirit and this which is now being done is of the Lord Jesus? Not me, I'm a man. Yeah. If God will let me know what's wrong with you as a vindication, I am his prophet standing here revealing the truth. As he said to the woman, go get your husband. She said, I have none. He said, you have five. She said, I see your prophet. See, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now that same spirit that was on that Son of God, he promised to send it back in the form of the Holy Ghost that would be with us and dwell with us to the end of the world. You believe it? If he can know your troubles now, can he? You got heart trouble. Is that right? Every person with heart trouble, stand to your feet. 
You can be healed right now, no matter what it is, of the heart trouble. Lord God, Thou knowest our strength and how feeble we are and how weak, but Lord, we know how strong You are. And heart trouble is something our doctors cannot do anything by. But Lord, who made the heart? You did. And I now rebuke this demon power that's holding these people with heart trouble. May He come out of every one of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, sister. I just want to say something to you. You feel different now than you felt in a long time, haven't you? I told the people, no, there's a real dark spirit. You had bad stuff when you lay down, that, right. and now it's gone from you. Right. You're healed. You, I just told you, yes, you are. All right. I'd like to, before our program closes out, I'd like you to see one more clip. This is the final clip in this campaign in Washington, D.C. in 1953. How do you do, sir? All right, us being strangers one to another, but the Lord Jesus knows us both. Is that right? The God of heaven who created the heavens and earth dwelt in Jesus Christ, promised to return again in us. And what he done, we do also. Do you believe me to be his prophet? The reason I say that, the angel of the Lord told me, get the people to believe you. And if they won't believe you, then you'll know the very secrets of their heart and they'll have to believe it then. But you do believe me. And besides the reason that you do believe me, you are a minister of the gospel yourself. And you're here for a good cause. You're not sick, you're in need, and you want an old-fashioned revival to break in your community. That's what you're doing. Every one of us wants that. Let's all stand for an old-fashioned revival. Almighty God who created the heavens and earth, I ask now that every demon power in this building will be broke. The power of Jesus Christ be made manifest. Friends, I think I have seen these videos dozens of times, but I rejoice every time at what a great thing God has sent to this age. This message came to give a people rapturing grace. We have books available, tapes available. Contact us, reach us on our, on our website. We can offer to you in one little DVD box these three sessions that we've shown to you called 20th Century Prophet to declare to you what God has done in this age. This ministry can open your Bible from Genesis to Revelation and make Jesus more real than you have ever known Him in all your life. For a DVD of the three-part series, Forerunner to the Second Coming of Christ, including today's program, Write to Global Answers at 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio. Our zip code is 45801 here in the USA. Or visit our website at globalanswers.us. May our Lord Jesus Christ richly 